Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, a senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Can we thank the team as well as they leave? Thank you, team. You guys are awesome. All right, I want to talk to you tonight about walking into God's promises through the door of obedience. The door to God's promises is obedience. I don't know about you, but at this time of year, the end of the year, beginning of the year, it's a time where a lot of people, me included, have a real look at my life and have a look at, do a bit of a stock take. How am I going? And I ask myself some questions like, okay, what's going well in my life? What's not going well? Um, Where have I grown this past year? How have I changed this past year? Where have I conquered and where am I still stuck? And... um, I don't know about you, but I find it easier to focus on where I haven't conquered and focus on where I've struggled and what, what isn't working in my life more than focusing on what's good. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just have a tendency to kind of, and I can easily go into a bit of a, a pity party about, okay, well, I haven't conquered this and I haven't changed here. And I, and I get focused very easily on what I haven't done well. And when I'm having my little pity party, feeling disappointed um, in the past, it's caused me to have asked some questions. And I ask, in the past, I've asked God, okay, God, are you really working in me? Like, are you really doing what you said that you would do? Are you really gonna keep working with me until the day that Jesus comes back? Because that's what His Word promises. But sometimes in those moments when I'm focusing on what's not working, I can get these questions start to come that actually really make me doubt, God, are you really working with me? And when these questions have surfaced, I've had to really lead myself back to God's Word, strongly back to His promises He gives us. God's Word is full of incredible promises for us. You know, there's a book that's um, called All the Promises of the Bible. And in that book, Herbert Lockyer found 7,147 promises from God to man in the Bible. And these are incredible promises. They're promises to bless us, protect us, provide for us, always be with us, help us. Hebrews 10.23 encourages us to hold resolutely to the hope that we profess for He who promised is faithful. I love this verse. We can hold resolutely. What does that mean? Hold strongly, bind ourselves to, hold fast to this hope that we profess, Jesus. For He who promised is faithful, which means He's trustworthy, He's reliable. Whatever He says, He does. 2 Corinthians 1 says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through Him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set His seal of ownership on us and put His Spirit in our heart as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. God's promises aren't empty. Yeah, He backs them up. He doesn't say one thing and then do another thing. He's faithful with the follow through. So this can be a hard thing to accept or to really truly believe when you have lived life around people who have said one thing and done another. You know, when you've lived life where you've had promises coming at you, but then none of those promises are actually backed up and it never comes to pass. God means what He says. He backs up what He says. 
And He follows through with every promise that He's promised in His Word. He's faithful, He's trustworthy. And we see all throughout the the Bible, He promises and then He fulfills the promise. He promises, then He fulfills it. Joshua 21 says, um, not one of the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Everyone was fulfilled. You know, and the fulfilment of the promise may not come in the time that people expect it, or it may not come the way that people expect it, but every time the promise is fulfilled. And especially, I don't know, at this time of year, when I'm looking over where I'm at and doing a check of how my life is going, I can see some areas that don't seem to be stepping into the promises of God. You know, they they don't seem, areas in my life where I feel like I'm not really breaking through like the promise says that I'll break through. And it can be confronting. I feel like I can be, you know, when I'm looking over the past year, I feel like sometimes there are areas where I've just been stuck, yeah, or I've not seen the breakthrough that I've wanted to see or I thought that I should have seen. I've not seen the movement and it's confronting. And while we don't wanna get caught up on focusing on, on the negative of our life, I think it's important to actually have a look and go, okay, what isn't working? And hey, why? And what can I do to actually grow? What can I do to actually move in that area? And when I'm not seeing that outward display of God's promises active in my life, um, I always try and ask God, okay, God, show me. Show me why. What's, What's not happening here? What's happening here? Where have I not surrendered to you here? Or where have I not obeyed you here? You know, most of the time, it's not that I've intentionally disobeyed God. Usually I'm, I'm, I try to obey Him, <laughs> usually. Um, but most of the time, it's like I've had the intention to obey Him and then I've gotten distracted. You know, I'm like, yep, God, okay, if that's what you want me to do, I'm in. But then I go, oh, and I get distracted doing something else. And it's like when I ask like, one of my children, one in particular is beautifully creative and uh, she'll have a jumper on the table. I'm like, okay, go put your jumper away in your room, please. And she's like, yep, okay. And she picks up a jumper. And then two minutes later, I find the jumper. It's okay, Lucy, it's not you. But I realise I just have told who it is. But um, like then oh, she'll pick up the jumper. She's like, yes, mum, she's got every intention to obey. And then two minutes later, I find the jumper on the couch. I'm like, Yimmy. Oh, flip. <laughs> Cover. Um, and it, she's, she's sweet, sweet as. Very creative, very distractible, like me. So it's all good. Um, but and yeah, she just gets distracted and then like puts it down somewhere else. I'm like, darling, what happened? She's like, oh, I don't know, I forgot. And so she goes and puts it away, but I have to really help her. Um, and it can be frustrating, but I realise I probably frustrate God all the time because I do that with God all the time. But God's Word is full of the most amazing promises for all of our lives. They're available to every one of us, but they're not one-sided promises. They're promises that require us to do something, yeah, in order to receive them. You know, if we're living our lives expecting to get all of God's promises just because we believe them and just because we declare them, you know, expecting to get God's favour, His blessing, His protection without us doing anything, it's like we're living with our head in the cloud and it's gonna be a very hard thump to the ground when we realise that none of the promises are actually gonna come true in our life because we haven't done anything to back it up. You know, although... Um, all throughout the Word, we see that God's promises are fulfilled when we obey Him. 
Isaiah 1.19 says, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the, the good things of the land. Psalm 139, uh, one, sorry, Psalm 37 says, the Lord takes care of those who obey Him. 1 John 3.22 says, God gives us what we ask for because we obey God's commands. And as I've been reflecting on how I'm going, I know that there are areas in my life that the Holy Spirit's highlighting to me that I've not been fully obedient, I've not followed through and that I need to actually really step up and level up in my surrender and level up in my obedience to God and to His Word so that in 2023, (laughs) I can actually step into everything that God has and promises for me. Just have a drink if you need a drink. You know, yesterday, Emmy and I had this beautiful opportunity for her birthday to go swimming with dolphins down in Rockingham. And it was the most incredible experience I think I've ever had, uh, apart from getting married and having children. (laughs) But, sorry, sorry. But we were promised, like they said, they've never gone out on the cruise. It was a beautiful day. They said they'd never gone out on the cruise and not seen dolphins. So we were promised this incredible experience. But we were told in order to really get the most out of it, you cannot splash. So for dolphins, you can't splash or you can't make bubbles because that's um, an aggressive thing. And so they they disappear. And so we were told to get in, just slip into the water, no splashing, no kicking. We just hold onto the bell in front of us. And we literally just get pulled along the water facing down with snorkels. And these dolphins are literally just like twirling and weaving right up, up underneath us. And they're, you know, like, arching, you know, I, don't, I can't actually show you what they're doing, but they're right underneath us. And we had the most amazing experience. I think we were in different groups and Emmy and I were in a group where all of the people in our group got it. Like we got in the water, we didn't splash, we didn't make bubbles. We was, and so we had the dolphins for ages swimming around us. There was another group that some of the people in their group just didn't get it. And so rather than slipping into the water, they crashed into the water. And then rather than just being pulled along and not kicking, they were like swimming and kicking. And so they'd get in the water and the dolphins would disappear and they didn't experience what they could have experienced because they didn't listen, they didn't obey. Obedience unlocks His promises. And to be obedient to God's Word, you first got to start reading or hearing His Word. Joshua 1 verse 8 says, This book, I'm out of puff. I need to get do some exercise. <laughs> this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your for then you will make your ways prosperous, and then you will have good success. You know, I'm not the best reader and I'm not the most patient person. And so reading instructions isn't my favourite thing. So, you know, when we get a new game and we're trying to learn it as a family, I'm not the best person. I don't like reading the instructions. Ross reads the instructions. He tells us how to play. We play. If I get a new gadget or I get a new car, I'm not the best at going and reading all the instructions to learn all the features of the gadgets. I'm like, just tell me what I need to make it work. All the basics, I'm good but I miss out on so many of the features of the things that I have and all of my friends have the same gadgets or whatever and they're like, oh, do you know you can do this, this, this? And I'm like, nah, because I don't read the instructions. You know, years ago, I um, bought a very simple food processor. You know, the things that chop things up, just for the younger people, they chop things up. 
And um, I bought a really simple one that literally was just like a press button kind of one. So I was like, got it, put it on the bench, threw the instructions away because it looks so simple. But then um, when I went to go use it, I'd already thrown the instructions away and I couldn't find any of the blades or the cutters or the parts for it. And um, so it sat on my bench for ages. I don't know why I didn't Google it. I don't know why I didn't call back the shop. I put it down to being a tired mum with little people. But I, after it being on my bench for like months and months and months, I got fed up and gave it to Salvos. And then literally that next week, I went to a friend's house and I was like, oh, I had that same, they had that processor, the food processor on their bench. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just gave mine to Salvos because I couldn't find any of the bits to it. And she's like, Amber, you know, there's like a little compartment underneath that has all of the, like, because I didn't read the instructions. I completely wasted this awesome food processor. <sighs> Just recently, last year, we've got a chicken, right? And it got, went broody. And um, so what you do when it goes broody, they sit on their, their eggs and they think that their eggs are going to hatch. And if you don't, if you don't, you, if you, yeah, they sit on there and sit on there and they don't eat much. They don't, um, they don't get off their nest very much and they can just sit there until they die if they don't have things that hatch. And nothing that we were doing was stopping it from being broody. So we thought it would be a great idea. I won't keep you in that. Ross doesn't like being included in the we thought comments about animals. The kids and I thought it would be a great idea to put some chicks underneath the... Um, the hen. And so I did all the research and, um, and I did, well, I did most of the research because like I said, I'm not very patient. And um, I learned that I couldn't find any day old. It had to be day old. You had to wait till the chicken was asleep. You had to do it at night time. And then you put the chicks underneath and they had to be day old chicks. And you could do ducklings or chicks if they're day old. And you just watch and then the chicken should, you know, remove the eggs and then the chicken should accept them. I couldn't find day-old chicks, so we got ducklings. So I brought them into our lounge room. I had the crate in there, and so when the chicken was um, uh, sleepy, I didn't actually research how this part was meant to go. <laughs> and so I, I got someone to pick up the chicken. We put the ducklings underneath in the, in the nest, put the chicken back down on top of them, and then watched and the, chick, the ducklings like ran to the corner, terrified of this duckling, of the chicken and just like sat in the corner of the, of the crate, like terrified. And so we tried it again, picked the chicken up, put the ducklings underneath, same thing happened. And then I was like, look, I'll just go to sleep and I'll see how this goes and see if it, in like halfway through the night, it, it, they, it, they find their way back under. Three o'clock in the morning, I'm in my dressing gown, lying, sleeping in the lounge room next to them. I wake up and they're still terrified in the corner of the crate. So I'm like, Flip, what am I gonna do? Because if the chicken wakes up the next morning and they're not under her, that chances are she'll attack them. So I got the ducklings out. I'm like, this isn't gonna work. So I've put them in my dressing gown. I've got photos of me with these stupid ducklings. I didn't get any sleep for that night, but they nuzzled up beautifully into my uh, thingamajiggy. Thank you, dressing gown. And um, anyway, what I hadn't researched, what I shouldn't have done, so what had happened is I had to rehome those ducklings because when I, I should have just nuzzled them under the chest of the hen or put them under the wing because when I picked up the chicken, put them in there, then the, the claws landed on top of the ducklings and that's what terrified them and scratched them. So all because I didn't do my research and I didn't 
read the instructions of how I should have done that better, these poor ducklings went to a new home. It's one of my things I'm going to grow in this year is reading instructions. But God's Word is full of instructions of how to live in the promises of God. And when we're in a mess, we can ask Him to help us, but we need to be willing to read His Word, to get His instructions, and then be willing to actually do what His instructions say to do, to be able to step out of that mess. And there are so many stories in the Bible that example what obedience can do, the importance of obedience. But I wanna look at um, the widow of Zarephath in 1 Kings. And I'll read this story to you. And then 1 Kings 17, then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, who was a prophet, um, leave here, turn eastward and hide in the Kareth ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook and, and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. How cool is that? So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kareth ravine east of the Jordan and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And then the word of the Lord came to him, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I've directed a widow there to supply you with food. And so he went to Zarephath and when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I might have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called and bring me please a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil, olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and for my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as, as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and for your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour, this is a promise he's saying to her, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain in the land. And then she went away and did as Elijah had told her. And so there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Sometime later, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. He grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing. She said, Elijah, what, have you, what do you have against me, man of God? Did you come here to remind me of my sin and kill my son? Give me your son, Elijah replied. He took him in from her arms, carried him to the upper room where he was staying and laid him on the bed. Then he cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, have you brought tragedy even on this widow I am staying with by causing her son to die? Then he stretched out himself over the boy three times and cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, let this boy's life return to him. Then the Lord heard Elijah's cry and the boy's life returned to him and he lived. Elijah picked up the child and carried him right downstairs from the room into the house. He gave him to his mother and said, look, your son is alive. You know what I love about, well, one of the things I love about this story is that this woman had no name. Well, she did have a name, but we don't know what the name is. And I think that the significance of that is, you know, sometimes we can feel nameless. We can feel like we are unseen. We can see, feel insignificant. But the significance in our miracle and the significance of the promises of God isn't in us. 
It's in the God who knows us, sees us, loves us, made us. And I just wanna bring three points from this story. Um, and the first point is our, father, our faith is seen in our obedience. You know, this widow had literally enough just to make her last meal for her and her, her son. Um, and Elijah asked her to give him some of it. That's rough, hey? That's rough. Yet she gives it to him. And we see how strong her faith is in her obedience. Our faith isn't seen in how we talk about God. Our faith is seen in our obedience to Him and to His Word. Our faith is our trust, to God, uh, is our trust in God, yeah? And that, that He is who He says He is and that He'll do what He says He's gonna do. That's what our faith is. And Hebrews eleven six says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that God exists and that He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. It's not enough just to say we love God. It's not enough just to say we trust Him. Um, it's an important start, yes. But we need to start the journey of beginning to obey Him and obey His Word. So I wanna ask you, how strong is your faith really? You know, it'll be seen in our obedience. It'll be seen in all of our obedience. When it's easy, when it's hard, when it doesn't make sense, when it's scary, when you don't agree, when you don't understand what the Word's asking you to do, our faith is seen when we obey anyway, before we understand. And if you feel your faith is weak, you can strengthen it by asking God to help you be obedient to His Word, even starting with the small things. John 14 says, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commands. Yeah, if you love Him, we obey Him. God reaches out to us and reveals His love to us and we receive His love first just by believing in Him. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever would believe in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. We receive His love first by just believing. But to stay in His love, we need to move from just believing to obeying. Yet John 15 says, When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and, and remain in His love. The second thing I wanna, the second point is our freedom is found in our obedience. Freedom is the fruit of obedience. So imagine if the widow had have said, you hadn't have obeyed God that, that night or that day. If she just walked away and said, you know what, Elijah, I'm so sorry, but I can't. No one would have judged her. Yeah, she was in a really hard situation. No one would have thought any different. No one would have thought less of her. It would have been justifiable for her to say, I'm so sorry, but I can't. It seemed like a pretty harsh expectation to give up the last bit of her food. But then what would she have missed out on? She would have missed out on the promise coming true that the jar of oil would never run out, the flour wouldn't run out. And God is wanting to bring freedom to some of us here tonight. And, but for some reason or another, we've made excuses as to why we can't fully obey Him. Yeah, and so we're missing out on the freedom and the, prom the promise of freedom that He has for us. The widow trusted and obeyed. And as a result, she found freedom. You know, another person who, who obeyed God was Naaman. Funny story where God asked him to do something which is really weird, yet he chose to, he got angry at first, but he chose to follow through and, and trust him and obey. Naaman had a skin disease and um, Elisha um, actually said, okay, well, if you wanna be healed, 
Elisha was a prophet, a, a man of God. And he said, if you wanna be healed, go and wash yourself in the Jordan seven times. And Naaman's like, well, hang on a second. This is in 2 Kings, where are we? 2 Kings 5, you can read this story. He's like, well, why can't I just go and wash in this river or this river? Why do I have to go to the Jordan River? Anyway, so he walks away angry, but then he comes back and he says, okay, I'll do it. So he washes seven times. He obeys, even when it doesn't make sense and it's weird and it's inconvenient, he obeys and he gets the breakthrough. He gets the freedom from the disease. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. It doesn't seem logical. But in our obedience, God gives us freedom. Freedom from things that we might've struggled from, uh, with for years. Things that we thought we would never conquer. The promise is, is that God gives us freedom. That means everything, yeah? And it might not happen right away. It might not happen the way we think, but that is a promise and He is faithful and, and will fulfill that promise. Proverbs 3, five to six says, "'Trust in the Lord with all your heart. "'Lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways.'" In every area of our lives, we need to submit to Him, surrender to Him, obey Him, and then He will make our, way, our path straight. And the third point is that our future is secured in our obedience. Our obedience to God doesn't just reveal our faith. It doesn't just pave the way for our freedom in the moment, but living a life of obedience secures our future in God and it secures our purpose in God. You know, the widow chose to obey and while it set her free from that current situation, she had food to live more days. It also meant that her future was secured as well. If she hadn't have obeyed then and done what God had asked her to do, then Elijah would have had to keep going to find someone else who was gonna give, her, give him some food, give him some water. Um, but she obeyed and he, so he stopped and he stayed with her in her house. And it says that sometimes later that her son became sick. And because he, she had been obedient to, to God, Elijah was there. She went to Elijah. Elijah prayed for the son and he came back to life. Her obedience made her way for the future miracles, for her future provision, for her future breakthrough. And we don't get it right all the time. Well, I don't get it right all the time, but I try and we've got to try to obey the little things, the big things. And when I don't get it right, okay, then I repent. God, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry that I didn't obey You there. Lord, help me. Help me to grow in my obedience. Help me to trust You more. Help me to, you know, follow through with that more. Because the safest place to live our lives is in obedience to God's Word. Our obedience to God's Word builds a secure foundation for our lives. I love Matthew, we, we sung it tonight. Matthew 7, verse 24 to 27 says, "'Everyone who then hears these words of mine "'and does them will be like a wise man "'who built his house on the rock. "'And the rain fell and the floods came "'and the winds blew and beat on that house, "'but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. "'And everyone who hears these words of mine "'and does not do them will be like the foolish man "'who built his house on the sand. "'And the rain fell and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. When we choose to live our life doing our best to obey God in the big things, in the small things, we become more and more secured in His love and covered by His protection. I don't know who you are tonight. I don't know what life looks like, but I wanna encourage you. God loves you and He's got incredible promises for each and every one of us, for you, for me, you know, some, there's so many of them and there's just a few. I think they might come up on the screen. Here we are. This is just a few of the promises. He promises 
that I have been made for a purpose. He promises to always love me no matter what. He promises to give me power to live my life. He promises to fill me with joy and peace. The world says that they can do it, it can do it, it cannot. God is the only one who can truly satisfy us and fill us with joy and peace. He promises to strengthen and help me. He promises to give me abundant life. He promises that He has a plan for me. He promises to fight for me. He promises to give me rest and He promises to finish what He started in me. God has so many beautiful and incredible promises for each and every one of us. And I don't know if this is your first time here, if this is your 150th time here. Yeah, or even more. But God loves you. He's got a great plan for you. And He's got so many promises hidden in His Word, in plain sight, that if we don't just hear them, but actually go, okay, God, I'm gonna hear it. I'm gonna believe it. But then God, help me to actually surrender my life and obey. I'm really believing that 2023 is gonna be a a year where we all are stepping into everything that God has for us. But it takes our surrender our obedience. Can we just stand? Jesus, I just thank You for every person here. Lord, I thank You that You love them and I thank You, God, that You've seen their past. But God, You're not focusing on their past, God. You've got a great future for them. Lord, Your promises are yes and amen to everything that is good. Lord, Your Word says that You've got an incredible plan for them, a plan to give them a hope and a future. Your promise is that You're making all things new, that You are their strength, their refuge, their their help in ever-present times of need. Lord, I thank You that Your Word says that they are loved, that they are chosen, that they are made new. Lord, we thank You that Your Holy Spirit promises to help us when we can't do it ourselves. You promise to be our strength when we are weak. When we muck up and mess up, God, I thank You that You promise that You've got enough grace, Lord, enough forgiveness to cover us, Lord, and to meet us where we are and to strengthen us and equip us, Lord, for everything that You have for us. And Lord, I just pray for every person here, Lord, that they will just know, first of all, that You love them. You love them, God. It's not a coincidence that they're here tonight. It's not a coincidence that You've brought them to Your house tonight. So Lord, I just pray as we just begin to sing before we finish, Lord, just that You would just deposit in them and just overwhelm them with Your love, with Your purpose, with Your grace, with Your promises. Whatever life looks like right now, I pray that they won't focus on what life has looked like or what it's looking looking like right now. I pray that their focus right now, by the help of Your Holy Spirit, will be turned to You. Lord, turn to Your promises, turn to Your goodness as we pray, as we sing. In Jesus' Name, let's sing. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us and special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.